Hey skiers, it's Craig, and I'm back with another episode of the Legacy Ski Podcast, and today I have Tom Gelly, the mastermind behind Big Picture Skiing. Big Picture Skiing is a phenomenal resource for all skiers to improve their ability to ski. Today, Tom comes on the podcast and we talk about what skiers can do to prepare for the season, Ski Boot Fit, where he shares a tip that could save you hundreds of dollars, and general training advice for your first day back on the hill. Now, normally I don't promote guest products right away, but I have to for big picture skiing because it's been a resource I've personally used and has been tremendously helpful in improving my on snow technique. It's something I'd recommend to anyone who wants to level up their skiing. And if you use the link that's in the show notes to sign up, you'll be able to trial all of his programs free for seven days. I could go on and on about how much his programs have helped me, but instead let's hear from the man himself and hear what tips and advice he has for your first day back on the ski hill. For those that don't know, Tom, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and let them know what you do? Great. Well, thanks for the introduction. Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to say, like, first of all, I, I, I just from this podcast today, it doesn't matter who I am or what my background is or, or anything. I hope that the questions that get asked and, and the conversations that come up really help people boil down to like, what are the main things they can do uh, to prepare and I guess do with their body during the ski season so that it's almost like something that you just don't have to worry about your body. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause the reason we're on here, you're, you're right into looking after the body, conditioning the body and you love skiing as well, just like I do. So the, the goal here is, um, is not to know about me. It's to maybe find out some new insights, um, that will help help people. So that's where I'm going to start. And I guess that that's very much a personal thing to me because all along, since I started ski instructing many years ago, back in 2005, I've kind of found that I came into the ski instructing world, but I didn't know, don't know enough. There wasn't enough training about the body side of things. You would have to go and do a whole different kind of degree, like become a physiotherapist or a personal trainer. And um, so because there was that lack of knowledge in myself, I went out and sought training and got really interested in understanding more about the body. And uh, then I took a break from ski instructing and sort of went down the rehabilitation road, but, but it was sort of more on the line of uh, not quite a physiotherapy sort of point of view, almost like after that, once you've done all your exercises, your, your ACLs, like tick past the, the the thing or your back's good to go it was it was the next point where that person's body still has say like 20 percent more to go to get back to like really good shape so so i, I kind of called it alignment uh what i was focused on in the body was was alignment so i was always interested in like where where are body parts relative to other body parts in different movements and what's the the forces on that sort of stuff and how much can the body handle and because i love skiing always putting that as kind of my testing ground and so i was a big gym goer when i was younger and the more i get older i'm maybe less a gym goer and more of like i would say a body awareness type person i just think just being really interested and in, and in knowing about your body and being able to feel it really well, I think actually trumps everything because then, then I'd put that in the alignment basket. And, and so that's my roundabout intro and starting. Where, where do you want to go from there? 
Yeah, honestly, Tom, just selfishly, I'm just very curious, like, where did you get your start in skiing? Like, what did that look like for you? Because I I'd honestly don't know that. Yeah, well, you can hear from my accent, being Australian, my family and I, we got to go skiing and it was actually cross country skiing. So loose heels, walking around in the back country, maybe once a, once a week, uh, sorry, one week a year, maybe lucky every now and then two weeks. So we do have a, so we do have snow in Australia. So I did that and, but I can remember always wanting to be, I was drawn to Canada for whatever reason, it was just in, in my mind that I wanted to go. So I finished university and I studied actually, uh, I, I did a bachelor of science in tourism and like guiding adventure tourism, ecotourism, went to Canada after I did that. Cause my parents were like, okay, you've studied, you can go. <laughs> and yeah, just did a ski season and fell in love. And, and that's, that's where I, where I started. And I was actually a telemark instructor first, um, before an Alpine instructor, but a guy was like, Hey, you're not going to make a living. If you, <laughs> you probably do like a dozen telemark lessons a year. If you become an Alpine instructor, I can put you in the kids ski school. You can get plenty of work and you can do your telemarking. And so that's where, that's where I got my start at Silver Star in British Columbia. Amazing. It's amazing. Is there, is there something that you think like through the many years of skiing that has brought you back to it year after year after year? Oh, that I, I think people that have a, a sport they're into would just know there's just something about certain sports that you get into the feelings from like making turns and, you know, everyone talks about being outdoors and, you know, it's cliche, but it, it's so true just being in, in that environment and it being kind of an open sport. That's not reliant. Like I don't have to like tennis. If we're going to go play tennis. If you ring me and say, look, I'm sick. Now I can't play tennis. So I've got to find someone else skiing. I can just go If there's snow. I can go do it. And I can push myself as hard or as, as little as I want. And I love those sports that you can really go in and just do a tiny bit or, or spend the entire day for weeks on, on, on end doing it. So I think it's that, the challenge of getting good at it. And I, I think everyone, another thing, you know, did you find you had a knack for something when you were younger? Like you had, you just, you know, some things you just weren't that good at, but then certain sports you just naturally were better. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's yeah. kind of like why I ski right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you probably tried it and you're better than the average person at picking it up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So similar thing. Like I said, I didn't grow up skiing a lot, but uh, I grew up sort of in the bush. Like we lived on a, on a property. So I spent a lot of time, you know, outdoors, climbing trees, mountain biking, that sort of stuff. So I guess that gave me good balance skills and exploratory skills that then I took to skiing. And like I said, I just had this feeling. I always wanted to go to Canada and yeah, right now the ski season is approaching and we're, we're off to sun peaks at the, at the end of December. And I just can't wait. Like, you know, I've been so many times. I just cannot wait to get back on snow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now, now Tom, you have a little one. Is that right? Yeah. Archie, he's just turned six a couple that's, of weeks ago. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. So I know there are a few parents and, and one of the things that I try and like promote or um, emphasize not on the podcast, but just in general is like being able to stay like in shape and stay healthy. So that way, as your kids kind of grow up on the ski hill, like you're able to keep up with them. 
Um, obviously, you being like on the ski hill all the time, that's not an issue for someone like you. But say someone that's working a, a nine to five job, they're really, really busy and and they want to spend time with their kids on the hill. Do you have any advice for them as they can like stay in shape or try and keep up with their kids as their kids are advancing because kids learn so quickly yet as adults, you know, especially when we're not in our peak physical shape, it can be hard for us uh, to keep up with them. Yeah. Well, I think you kind of hit the point you made about like wanting to ski with your kids. That part is, is so important because I think if you can find a motivating reason to just start, that's probably the hardest thing. Like humans are lazy. It's just, it's, it's not our fault. It's just, it's just how we are. Do you know what I mean? You even, you know, you're right into your fitness, but there's definitely days where you go, I just can't be bothered. But, but if you have that goal in the back of your mind and you, and you keep it forefront, that motivates you. Like I always think of the example, uh, like if say you have a wedding coming up, which is a once in a lifetime thing. And, you know, you get these great photos, you have a photographer organized. People always find it way easier to get motivated to like, have a better diet, go to the gym like four days a week, quit smoking, da, 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 da. do you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. there's this event that they, they hold in such high regard. So if you keep that motivation first and foremost, then when you go, okay, right, I'm going to start doing some ski prep exercises. That's why I'm doing it. Because at the end of the day, I want in 20 years time to still be skiing with my son when he is 24 and, and, so uh, that was bad maths, but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, uh, that part I've found because you like, uh, for example, I've spent a lot of time creating very detailed like videos on exercises on the big feature skiing site. And I'm like, I look at them and go, wow, people cannot stuff that up. I've told them like the, the wrong feeling, the right feeling used like external props. And I'm like, this is perfect. But the problem is people just don't start doing it. So like the hardest thing is do it. So find the carrot. And if you have a kid, perfect. Or if you have a goal, like you must have a goal for like five years time, how you want to ski a video or something or someone you look at and you go, I'm just, you know, like the other night I, I was watching uh, some slalom skiing. Some, this, this guy, Laurie Taylor, he's on the British ski team i'd never heard of him before found his youtube channel it's really fun he does this cool vlog and um he's an amazing slalom skier and super low in the transition you know like hips below his knees it's a real deep squat position and you know what it did to me i was like i really want to like this season be mastering that transition more and i started doing like wall sits at 10 p.m for like and i was watching his videos and holding an isometric squat and it was because I knew if I start now and I just keep doing it and I make like trigger a habit, like if I watch a ski video, I'm going to watch it in a deep squat position, like hold it. And I know, and, and you would know as well, isometrics, so great, almost like foolproof in terms of causing injury on your body and, and so much of skiing, you're kind of holding positions a lot of the time. So I'm just giving you an example. I saw the skiing that I wanted to do and then that triggered me, boom, starting doing it and now now i've got this habit whenever i watch a video on on, on skiing now i'm just going to be like squat hold that deep squat <laughs> <laughs> honestly that's that's so amazing i i lead a few um 
free fitness classes for the ski season. And when I like see my like individuals, uh, people that signed up for the class, you can see it on their face when they're struggling. I'm always just like, just think of that powder you're skiing and just keep, keep it in the squat just five more seconds until you get to the end. Because I think visualization is so impactful when you're it trying is. to get something. Um, and even for myself, you know, I think anyone that's building up towards ski season, if you're not like hyped up for it or you don't have the motivation to go and work out, like go ahead and put that ski video on as you're working out and just envision yourself doing the thing. And it's hard, it's hard not to um, get yourself pumped up and get ready for that when, when it's there. Yeah. Like that's one I'm now just going to be recommending to people, you know, people like watching videos of skiing. And so why not just get yourself in, 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 you know, not a resting squat, but like thighs at 90 degrees, it absolutely kills your quads um, and just hold it. And like, say you're watching a two minute ski video, see if you can watch that whole entire thing and don't come out of it and just keep doing that, keep doing that. And then, you, cause you need to, you need to create habits. And so uh, external environmental cues are perfect for that. So say Instagram, a video, of um, a skier skiing is your cue. Suddenly you just do it. Do you mean you don't have to go? It's 5.30, I'm going to the gym, better do it. Could be on your lunch break, could be in the morning, could be, yeah. So I think that's finding those little habits, an external cue that happens throughout the day, you already do, connect it to that. Um, it's kind of like a cheat, a hack. I, I honestly love that point. There's so many times where people are like, oh, what are the best gym exercises I can do for skiing? And it's like, yes, like you need, you can do gym exercises, but you can prepare for skiing anywhere. Do you have a wall? Do you have a body where you can squat in space? Well, then you can prepare from skiing. It's really just the internal exactly. motivation factor, which is so cool. Yes. Yeah. Cause I was, I, I did, uh, so I have this a big picture skiing is an app and a website as well. And this membership base and I do live sessions every now and then. And I did one yesterday and, and the whole point of it was to just get people using these videos I've created, get people doing body prep now. And, you know, at the, at the beginning, I was just saying, there's like three main reasons I think you're, you're doing it. So, so number one is conditioning. So if, like you said, that person that, is not in a sporty or active job. They're an office worker. You do need to condition your body. You need to get the, the tissues tolerant to these different kind of forces. And that's, that's like, so, so number one, it's like, okay, that's why I'm doing it. Number two, I think is, is like I was saying body awareness, because when you are out there, you know, you're often, most people like have a great time, but they also want to kind of get better. Okay. Cause it might've been, 11 months since the last time you skied. So if you've got better body awareness, so, so you're doing yoga or something like that, where it's like open up, up this side of your body, stretch the sides, stretch the back, rotate, all these sort of things. You're going to be able to connect in and move and change things instead of it's like maybe you've, you know, the, the analogy of say you, you haven't used mathematics, you, you know, for a long time and you're forced to do shorthand maths again. But if you just kept a little bit going, you're going to be able to click back into it. Now, the third one is um, I think you can practice simulate like mind ski in that off season too. So you can use your, your exercises and that's what I like to do with mine. I, like there's ones that are conditioning based, but then there's others that are actually helping people get in 
simulated similar positions to, to, to skiing. So you can kind of correct things there because you make exactly the same mistakes off snow, on snow. Your arm goes in the same habitual place. Your neck goes in the same habitual place. Your hips, you know, I remember seeing that post about that guy on the ski simulator and, you know, I think he'd maybe injured, injured his knee or something and you did some activation, you know, he'd kind of forgotten where he could put his knee and after you helped him kind of feel it again, he, he could, you know, do this next, the skiing simulator thing better. So he could like, there's some good examples of some steps that are then just going to get you on snow, moving in, in a better way, faster. I, I love that point, Tom. And I just like want to reemphasize that point where it's like a lot of people think, oh, there's nothing I can do on Jayland because it's a skiing issue. When really it comes down to like, maybe it's an issue of motor control. And when you can actually control that on dry land or learn to control that, you can see it directly translate to the ski hill, which is so, so cool. I kind of want to flip the script though and, and use some of your expertise. Cause I also know you have a ton of knowledge about boot fitting as well. And I want to know like from the side of boot fitting, just cause I'm not super in depth or I don't have too much knowledge about that. How do you balance the fit of a boot compared to someone's motor control to fix an issue that you would see maybe in their skiing. Got it. Yeah. So it's taken a long time to be able to analyze and see when someone's skiing issue is a boot equipment issue. Um, but uh, yes, I have learned to start to really like identify that. So I guess uh, the, the first, I'll, I'll start with like ideal boot fit principle. Number one, uh, I would say overarching is that the, the shape of the boot in all areas as closely matches the shape of your foot and, and leg and is like really close. So I sort of say, I mean, if they could 3D print a strong boot, you know, that, that would be ideal. There are, you know, like Dave Dodge, this guy, he makes these carbon fiber custom boots um, and basically does that because you can kind of do that with carbon. You can play around with, with it. And uh, so I think that's kind of like a really cool idea first. And you can, so when you go and get a pair of boots, choose a pair of boots, just keep in mind that you don't have to find the perfect fit like straight away. It, it takes me days, like I'm talking like so many hours to get the boots I've got over there right and comfortable for me. And so you kind of want to, keep that in mind and think unless you are the, the the lucky person that has the shape that a lot of ski boots are generally kind of shaped around like everyone has a little bit different but, but you know i'm talking like outside of those parameters you're going to need to do some work so i mean i'm going to flip it to you do you how do you feel your boots do in that department like i mean do you feel there's anything if you think about them now you're like oh i just wish there was more space like on the inside part of my calf or do you find you know honestly i really really like my boots i've had them custom heat molded and i don't know if it's just solomon's boot where like by having it heat molded to your foot um it fits really comfortably i also snowboard part of the time and i tell people honestly my ski boots are more comfortable than my snowboard boots and people think i'm crazy when i say that but it's true because i've had them heat molded to my feet i've skied in them for the last two seasons. And I've really been able to kind of mold it to like my skiing style um, and be able to get the liners to match the shape of my leg. Um, yes. I think 
One thing, however, is when I when I look at my initiation on my left side, I have trouble controlling that. One, I think it's a motor control issue, but it could be an issue of the alignment of the boot and where it it, it basically crosses my knee angle. Um, mm-hmm. And I've yes. never actually had that looked at. So that's something I'm I'm curious about for this season. Yeah. And those things can just make, like when your boot setup is right, it allows you to move the way your body moves when you go and you do all your preseason stuff. So there's where it's kind of difficult. You don't want that boot to be pushing your foot, leg or whatever in a, in a position that you're not used to getting that ultimate balance, that ultimate quickness from foot to foot. Um, being able to, uh, you know, m- manipulate the pressure under the sole of your foot to different places. And so I don't have a leg that is like, if I go to most boots and nothing's done to them and I put them on most of the t- like I would not ski as well as you see in my videos. Like I just can't because I'm fighting against something that doesn't match my lower leg shape. I have kind of curved lower legs, tibial varum. And, and it took me a long time to get to the point of finding a boot that matches that. And so it was annoying, but it's such a blessing because I was one of those people, I didn't just go to people, oh, you know, you'll be right in those boots. I, I'm like, no, I know what it's like when it's not right. You're kind of in the more, you know, probably the majority of people are, are, are fairly okay, you know, the boots. But there are people that sort of sit maybe in that 20% on either side of the, of the norm that they need some work done and it would just make everything much easier. And, you know, the things instructors have said or friends have said, or they feel just disappear because they can stand naturally. So that's like number one, how you stand. And, and, and so then back to like the body prep stuff, if you've worked on your balance, you've worked on, you know, not feeling and putting things in the right place, then the equipment should just get around that and support it. But, um, but if you haven't got that part, right. And it's kind of hard to diagnose if it's the boot or not, you know, like if you're just the kind of person you just really stand on your heels or the outside edge of your feet a lot and you never know how to balance on the inside edge. Like that, that's kind of a problem prior, yeah, before the boot setup. So body first, in my opinion anyway, and then get that boot to kind of fit with how your, your body works um, and then work on, on technique after that. Oh, I like that. I like those strategies. And I think a lot of people can take those away too. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, so what do you feel? It's just, it's just, I'm curious with that initiation, what can you try and describe what you see if you saw a video of yourself? Yeah. So when I try and put my left ski on edge, it's really hard for me to get that inside edge to engage. I can force it by bringing my knee inside ski edge. Uh, sorry, the outside ski, outside ski edge at the start, you find it hard. It doesn't want to kind of roll on early edge. Yes. Sort of, yeah. Okay. Where's the right boom. It's boom. Yep. Uh huh. And so you feel when you try and do the left, you feel like you, you have to kind of force the knee further than you feel is like the right. You, you kind of just go dunk and it's yep. there, but the left to get the similar kind of look on a video, it's, it feels a lot further. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm fighting yeah. the ski almost to get it there. It's it's much easier if I'm on a skinnier ski because there's not as much platform that I have to control. Yes. But but, but it still, still feels there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I would, do you know how to check your cuff alignment yourself? I do not. Okay, great. So people at home, 
and um, you, you know you can try this yourself grab your boots take out the ski boot liners okay and if you've got a footbed uh, th there's two things I'd suggest doing test it one without any kind of footbed in there so that you, so you just stand in the shell on the boot board underneath and, and that's it so check that with what I'm about to explain next and then also do the same process again with the footbed that you've got whether it's just the stock one or it's a custom one put that in there take it out of your line and put it in and, and test so okay so we've got the liners out we're going to do the one without the footbed you're going to step in the shells stand on a hard flat surface set yourself up in front of a mirror or like your phone looking straight at your legs and you're going to do up the buckles to the point you normally do them up when you go skiing okay so they're all done up and then you make sure that the stance width is hip width. So your feet are not too wide. They're not too close together. So that the width you usually ski with. And I find a lot of people stand too wide, which is not hip width where your hip sockets are. And I know people can't see, but you know, there's an anatomy chart in the background there. The Q angle of your leg brings your tibias like right under the actual hip joints. Some people put their feet wide they think hip width is where your pockets are on your on your trousers and your shorts. It's not. It's narrower than that. So stand hip width, do up the buckles, have a look at the camera or the mirror, and your legs should sit with an equidistant amount on the outside and the inside of the cuff when you are just gently touching the front of that shell. Okay, so you've got a little bit of ankle flex. So does that make sense? Absolutely. So when Yeah, so you look in the mirror and you go, if the shell has... Uh, like one centimeter on the right side and one centimeter on the left side of my left leg and the same on, on the other one, I'm probably in a pretty good zone. If, however, the cuff is closer to my leg on the inside or closer to the, my leg on the outside, you're going to be fighting the cuff because the cuff, when it stands flat and it's on that ski, is going to push your leg to match it. You can't push the, the cuff. So to say it's not ideal, hopefully your boots, you have cuff alignment adjustment you do? Yep. Perfect. So then you get the tool, you undo it and you move it until it matches your lower leg. Um, and yeah, and that's it. And, and then unfortunately, like some people might be outliers again, maybe it touches the insides of your legs uh, closer and you move the, the, the alignment bolts and, and everything in and it doesn't get it equi equidistant. I wish the ski industry would make more adjustment in cuffs for this thing but you might have to find a, some uh, like a good boot fitter to try and solve how you can push it, push it further. You can, you can do that. Or you can find boots that uh, can accommodate that, but that's, that's the general principle. Be in the middle, get the cuff to follow your lower leg shape and you're uh, and you're set. Man, Tom, that was freaking gold mine of information right there. So if, if you're in, in the search for new boots this season and you're going to the ski shop, just try that even before you buy new boots. And Tom's advice probably just saved you about $700 right there. So <laughs> yeah. And you should ask the boot fitter should do that. And if they don't just say, can you check the cuff alignment? And so this means it's not done with the liner in. It is not done with the liner in. That is like a, a huge kind of mistake. Like, like if you think about it this way, it's always like taking things to extremes imagine like I forgot my liners, you know, got a bit and I had to almost ski in my shells. Uh, you can imagine how uncomfortable that could be. But if my shell was perfectly molded and, and, and like shaped to all the bony protrusions and everything on my foot, it would be more possible than if I was, it was like a box 
shape, you know, <laughs> and I'm hitting all these different, uh, the different areas, it's not going to help me leverage that ski and, and move it. So you, you're looking for that sort of thing. So you want to take the line around the equation, take the footbed out and just see where you are at like ground zero to, to begin with. Um, and I would say there is, there's a free resource to on, on the big picture skiing side. If you go to that bigpictureskiing.com resources, there's a tab at the top and there's a boot fit guide. And I made that this, uh, this winter in Australia, it's like 23 pages, um, goes over a lot of stuff. If you have that information at, at first, you'll be way ahead of the curve when you go in and you, and you look at boots and you'll be able to have a better conversation with your boot fitter. That's amazing. Thanks for, thanks for that, Tom. And I will link uh, that in the show notes, uh, the, the page for not, not just that, but your entire website after this too. So yeah, thank you. No problem. Um, so I have a lot of like newer people that I think have been reaching out to me and they're like, Greg, like, I really want to get better this season. What exercise, what exercises should I do? And a lot of the time I tell them, well, exercises can't necessarily make your skiing better, but it can get you physically conditioned for skiing. I think that getting better at skiing actually requires you to be on snow to work on your technique. Hundred percent. And, and in that regard, I want to know, like, I, I suggest, well, it's like, well, if you've never taken a lesson before, someone can point out a lot of flaws in your skiing, but say someone like just wants to go and try and do some drills or actually like, maybe they like aren't even at a place where like a lesson would benefit them. Um, cause they've never gone skiing before. What would you say like to someone, if they're trying to take their skiing to the next level, like how can they progress? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess, I mean, I don't want to make this all about my website and everything, but like, that was the whole goal of big picture skiing is I've learned a ton of stuff about the body, about skiing, ski, you know, at the highest level, um, met a ton of really knowledgeable people so I have this all, the inf all this information more than the average ski instructor out there yet you know my time is limited i live in australia all the time i have a family so i don't do seasons full-time anymore so then having this app and website i can put videos out there that are categorized into you know what the type of turn the person's working on but they can look at that watch it just like you know people do on youtube but i feel i've done a far better job uh, of it and and then you're not scattered going to this tip and then that tip and trying to, it's like more in like step 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 processes but they can go there and it's all designed to be a self-learning experience so you watch these videos and it's been amazing to hear what people have achieved without me ever meeting them in person they just go out try something and and, and drills drills are fantastic i mean that's that's such an uh, a good point you bring up Doing certain drills will help because they confine and constrain you into feeling a particular feeling that most good skiers feel or a particular balance position, whatever, that this drill will force you into discovering outside of you just free skiing. You, you can kind of be too free. So this constraint will, will, will force you into that and you'll discover something and then you just get rid of the drill after practicing it for, you know, maybe an hour and a half or something. And then you just focus on the feeling because that's the thing you want to ski with all good skiers ski with feeling not so much you know roll my ankle move my hip you got to go through that phase but you want to get to the like feel that part of my foot feel that kind of weird sensation in my hip and um you know that's where all these cues come from that you find on youtube like just uh you know 
whatever it is, like these simplified cues that sound good and you can see it in the skier showing the, the demonstration. However, you go and try it and you're, you're like 15 steps, you know, different behind where that person, how the person got to that point. Cause I can get to the point like skiing to me, a lot of the time is so simple. It's just like, just try and like put your hip on the snow at this point in the turn and hold on and press really hard. And then like suck your feet up. Like you're going over hot coals and, but, but it's because I've distilled hours and, and all this exploration and knowledge down to those feelings. Um, drills will help you get there in, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is trial and error too, and seeing like what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Cause maybe yes. you don't understand a drill at all. <laughs> and if you try and try and work through that, you can get really frustrated trying to do something that's above your skill level. Um, that's not going to help you. But at the end of the day, I, I think like drills are really helpful, but at the end of the day, I think the goal of skiing is to have fun. And if you're not having fun, then like, Eliminate all those drills and just go ski with your friends and try and enjoy your experience on the mountain. Yeah, totally. totally. I absolutely agree with that. But I, but I still think if I, I like, because you know, you and I, we like to get better at things. Yes. And, and it's just, it is just the reality and the truth. If you want to get better at things, a lot of the time it's not fun. Okay. But once you get through that breakthrough, it is way more fun than you had before. Okay. Like there's a struggle and that's just everything in life. Like not everything is easy. You know, it's too many people I think take the easy road. Like, Oh, it's too hard. You know, just like back to our physical, you know, prep stuff. <laughs> like, you know, life should be fun. Yeah, it is. But like, you know, you have to also do hard work to, to get conditioned, to enjoy these things, that part. So if you set the expectation that there is work, there is frustration ahead, but actually expect that. And that's a good thing. It's, it sort of flips it. So you then you go through and you just do the work. You know, Olympians will be a massive, you listen to any podcast on Olympian. It's a lot of hard work that goes in there that's not that fun. But man, like the feelings of joy when they're crying and they, you know, get a, you know, I don't think you can beat that. That's why they do it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because uh, I, I agree. I get the fun thing. And I think that, you know, you've got to have breaks. But then I, th I also think you've got to embrace the, the tough frustration part as well. Yeah. And honestly, it's it's way harder as an adult when it takes you longer to learn a skill. But like you're saying, if, if you really want to, like, if, if you're someone that finds yourself that's struggling to keep up with your friends, you're not going to be able to just ski faster to keep up with them because then they're going to go to more technical terrain and then you're going to get even pushed farther back. So yeah, th there's a certain point where in order to have like more fun, you need to progress in your skill. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, Tom, I just want to thank you so much for your time today. And I also want to give like the viewers uh, uh, or the listeners a chance to just like subscribe into big picture skiing because honestly there's so many fantastic resources i have subscribed to you as well and i've used a lot of your drill videos in the past which really helped my skiing when i when i kind of transitioned back from snowboarding into skiing um but yeah you said the website is again what is it uh it's bigpictureskiing.com mm -hmm. so you can go there there's a seven day free trial because as you said it's not for everyone you know some people may find i just go too too in depth and that's fine like so that's why that's there. So you don't have to commit. You can you can check it out. Uh, and actually people can use, I've got a podcast code and it's just podcast. If you put that at checkout, you can get 20% off. 
uh, any of the subscriptions as well if you, you choose to do that and yeah i just say if, you, if you're curious go check it out or you know if you haven't seen my youtube videos that's where i sort of you know that's your your, your taster into what i do as well uh risk-free and yeah i want to say thanks thanks to you for the opportunity to come come and speak and yeah i, I think we we through through the through the chat we got some good points across that i think will get people you know motivated moving towards you know doing some preparation checking their boots a little bit getting a little bit more info before they um yeah hit hit the slope so i think you're doing a great job too just with that whole thing in mind trying to help people with that that side of of things getting ready for ski season so nice nice work on your side too thank you tom yeah i think we have the same mindset and the same goal where it's like, you know, if we can help more people enjoy the sport of skiing, that just makes it like a better environment for everyone. Um, and ultimately like you've gotten so much value out of skiing and I've gotten so much out of it that why not share like what we know with other people. So that way they can enjoy the sport as much as we have. So hopefully we can That's keep right. that up and, and keep people ski until they're 90 years old, as long as uh, our planet continues to deliver us snow year after year, right? Oh, yeah, I know. Fingers crossed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Legacy Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please share this podcast with your ski community and follow it so you don't miss another episode. Also, if you have a cool story and would like to be featured on the podcast, please reach out to the team. Lastly, if you're interested in working with me, you can book a strategy call at www.meettheskipt.com where I'll help you figure out the next best steps to keep you moving towards your journey of a lifetime of skiing.